You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. The stupidest, dumbest, most frustrating victory we have seen in a while. The Packers are now 7-2, and two, but that was three hours of our lives that we will never get back, sadly, as Green Bay ekes out the win over a desperate and feisty Jacksonville Jaguars team at a windy Lambeau field. We are two schlitz to the wind here on our APC podcast Rapid reaction show, the final whistle echoing in Green Bay about 10 minutes ago as we record this. Follow the show on Twitter at the APC pod. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. And uh, I am joined taking a swig of something over here by uh, Tex Western. How are you, man? Well, I definitely need a moon man after that game because that was just uh, that was it was a slog. It was a slow, ugly game. It was obviously the quality of the play from from Green Bay was uh was pretty brutal um yeah just just frustrating and just i mean it's a good thing they were playing the jaguars because against just about any other team that would not have ended up with a w no no in fact it it might have been a blowout going the other way 24 to 20 was the final score um as i mentioned kind of the packers kind of eking it out at the end let's set the scene for everyone we'll set the scenes a very cold day in lambo very windy and uh, beyond that, the game starts. Tex, what the heck was the offensive game plan right out of the gate here? What were they doing? I, I have no idea. And I mean, <laughs> you, you know me, anybody who's listened to me on some of these knows how much I hate the wide receiver screen. And I think Rodgers checked into that play at least twice, um, including one on a third down that just went absolutely nowhere. So I was I was frustrated by that. Um, they really didn't. Like they didn't get the ground game going much early, and then when they tried to establish the run a little bit late, it or a little bit later on, it just didn't go anywhere. Yeah, and I just I just didn't understand why there was very little to no um, intermediate routes, especially in like the first half or so, uh, especially the first quarter. So it just looked completely discombobulated. I don't know if the wind had um, Lafleur messing with his game plan again, kind of like he did against Minnesota two weeks ago, but um, they they need to figure out how to game plan a little bit better for the elements because that has been a, a consistent issue these last couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, the Jaguars did a good job sort of eliminating the outside uh, for, for some of those runs that Lafleur likes to uh, likes to call. But um, I, I think I, I saw you chatting about this a bit on the APC uh, Slack chat, but a real lack of play action there as well in the beginning of this game, which I think um, helped, Sir, uh, didn't didn't help. Rather, uh, the Packers sort of get started, kind of stymieing some drives. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was it was conspicuously absent early on. Um, they seemed to to get pick up a little bit of it later on in the in the game. Um, I think the the first real significant instance that I recall was the uh, the Rogers touchdown late in the second quarter. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's such a huge part of Lafleur's game plan, um, and why it wasn't really there in the first half for for very much was definitely confusing. Yeah, yeah, Rogers. You you look at the uh, the stats: twenty four of thirty four, three hundred twenty five yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Seems like a fine day at the office, uh, but he was frustrated for much of this game, and visibly so. Um, that interception, first of all. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that was the weirdest. That, that might be one of the oh. weirdest Rogers passes I've seen in a couple of years. What was that, man? I have I have no idea if it was a timing issue. If he the one thing that I think I saw when they showed the end zone angle of that play was it looked like when he released the ball, a corner had his back to him. And I think that was one of those Rogers plays where. Like if he can see the the back numbers and the nameplate on the defender's jersey, he's gonna throw the ball. The problem was he put it in a bad spot. He put it behind his receiver, right where the corner, right as he was turning around, could make a play on the ball. If he leads, I don't remember who it was. If it was MVS or somebody on that play, um, if he leads him a lot better, um, that's you know that's a, a big gain. Um, poten- you know, certainly a first down and potentially um, a, a big gain. So I think it was a combination of, you know, Rogers doing one of Rogers's, you know, typical things, um, trying to take advantage of a, a defensive player who at the point of release isn't paying attention, but then he just made a really bad throw yeah. and, uh, and put it in a really unfortunate spot that got it picked off. I was, yeah. I was flabbergasted that, <laughs> that that ball ended up in, uh, in Sidney Jones's hands. Yeah. And I don't I don't like to play body language police, but I'm going to do it a little bit here because we've talked uh, this year about how Rogers is smiling more. He seems more uh, at peace, you know, even, you know, even he's getting knocked down. He's smiling, getting up and it's just been uh, more fun to watch. I noticed I thought right away in this game, almost a, uh, a late period Favre esque sort of uh, not happy to be out in the cold kind of grumpiness about him yeah. that I thought permeated the whole game. And it, it was, you know, we've talked with, uh, this season with, uh, Gene Thomas over at, um, at Buck, what you heard. And he called, uh, Rogers, Joe cool. You know, someone who's just like, always looks like he's got it calm, cool under control. And, and, and I always look to the QB for that. And I didn't see that at any point in this game. He looked like he didn't want to be there for most of the game. Yeah, agreed. The only time I guess I feel like when when he sort of shook that off a little bit was on his touchdown run. Um, and even that, like he, he didn't kind of have his his normal um, demonstrative celebration, right, that he, he normally <laughs> would have after um, he runs in a touchdown. It seems like he always gets more excited when he runs in for, for a score than when he throws one. Um, but even that one, it seemed like he was frustrated. And I think it was probably because he, he had two receivers that were supposed to be out there for him to throw to. And neither one of them really got open. One of which was kind of covered up by a, a, a Jaguars linebacker with, with Mercedes Lewis. The other one being EQ, who I thought probably ran his route a little too deep into the end zone. If he cuts it a little, a little shallower, he's probably wide open there for the throw. So Rogers kind of had to take it in himself. I don't know. That's, that's probably just, I mean, that's a little speculation on my part, but no, I agree. It's just, it wasn't a fun game to watch um, from, you know, in terms of, of watching the players having a good time. Um, and certainly Rogers um, was, was one of the the main reasons for that. Yeah. Uh, let's 
let's go positive for a second because the Packers do end up winning this game. I got to give a shout out to MBS Marquez Valdez Scanling, who had a pretty good game, four catches, 149 receiving yards and a touchdown. Of course, that touchdown uh, coming on by my count, I think it was a 78 yard. I had the sound off, so I think it was 78 yards. Um, a great, a great play. I don't think he dropped anything in this game, did he? No, I was, that was one of the points I was going to make was, you know, it, it was, it was almost the opposite. Uh, like, like we're in, in bizarro world between MBS and Adams today where, you know, Adams kind of salvages a, a really rough day where, you know, he had a couple drops and a fumble, um, salvages it with a, a touchdown late. Whereas MVS was, was pretty good the whole game long. Um, he made a couple of really, really big plays there. Um, a couple of third down catches, I think, to move the chains and, and some chunk plays. So hats off to him for for putting up a, a pretty complete game um, when the Packers really needed it because they really weren't getting any other really substantial production out of the rest of the passing game. Yeah, and if MVS can sort of turn that year three-ish corner uh, where he's able to to hang on to the ball more. And, and we've talked uh, on this show at length about guys like Adams and, and guys like you know, James Jones in a, in a past version of the Packers, people who had the drops earlier in their career and turned it around, got their head on straight and, and had good careers. If he can, if he's turning that corner, it's, it's gangbusters for the Packers, but you gotta, you gotta put it together for a couple games here. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's, he's the guy who can kind of change the dynamic of the offense with his deep speed. I mean, yeah. you saw it on the, on the big touchdown, um, that deep threat ability is, is so critical, um, to this offense, as long as he can catch the ball consistently. So yeah, he was, he was definitely a difference maker today. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Adams, he goes out with an injury, comes back in. What was that injury? I think we heard it was an ankle, um, so it was was not the same hamstring issue um, that he had uh, earlier in the season that cost him a couple of games. But yeah, he, uh, I mean that that touchdown catch he made in what I think early in the fourth quarter was just ludicrous. And I mean he should have had another one really, um, if not for the the Billy Turner holding call yeah. um, down down fairly close to the goal line. I mean, that was a, a tremendous throw from Rogers and just an absolutely amazing catch with, with great body control for Adams in the middle of the field um, earlier on that. Uh, I think they ended up with a field goal on that drive late in the, in the second quarter. But um, yeah, he kind of, like I said, salvaged the game a little bit when he came back in after that, that ankle issue um, with that other really, really nice catch in the end zone. Uh, yeah, you mentioned the the holding call on Turner. Um, I thought that was a, a fair call, um, but there mm-hmm. were a lot of other questionable calls. And uh, as we connected here on Skype uh, before uh, before we hit record, you were making your little notes, and you just said, yep, "Crap, officiating check." All right, I got my notes ready. <laughs> what was going on out there with these refs, man? There were so many weird calls, strangely officiated plays. Um, I mean, the 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 one that I keep thinking back to is the one that Billy Turner got called for a chop block when he simply got Ugh. thrown aside Ugh. like a rag doll by Josh Allen and just happened to get thrown into the legs of another Jaguars defender. Like there, there's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how you necessarily officiate that. I mean, I, I guess he did land at the legs of the defensive player when he was engaged, but yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, that was weird. The whole thing with the, uh, the, the tipped ball pass interference thing with Chandon Sullivan late in the game. I mean, that was, that was kind of a mess. 
um, you know, with, with Doug Marone kind of challenging the tip and that, that ball not even being intended for that same receiver in the first place. Right. So it, it, there was just weirdness kind of all over the place. Um, and so I, I think it more or less evened out. I think the bad calls went both ways. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's any Jaguars fans out there listening, you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, but, um, no, it was, that that is a crew that I do not expect to see uh, get any postseason assignments, and I certainly <laughs> hope to, crew. to not <laughs> to not see them again uh, yeah. before the end of the season's out. And I didn't mean to bring it up to say like, oh, the Packers got hosed. I mean, just in general, mm-hmm. the game was already hard to watch, and the officiating going both ways did not make it any easier. You yeah. mentioned that uh, the chop block call, ladies and gentlemen, we have the technology, we have the means to just get that call right. Like, why can't you just look at the camera and go, oh, that like clearly that was not what happened there. I don't know. It's like yeah. very. Very frustrating. I, I'd love to see the NFL go more to the college style of officiating with re, with replay and with review, where the the booth can can buzz down to the ref at any point, and and you don't have to waste challenges on things. Um, it's I, I don't know if they're ever going to go to it. I don't know why. If they just think it slows down the game too much or what it is, but um, that's frustrating to me, and it has been for years. Yeah. When you know college officiating, you know, is better at getting calls right on the field consistently, or at least not making their, their coaches uh, burn timeouts and challenges to, to get those calls. Right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned frustrating. Let's switch to the defense. (laughs) The defense in this game was so frustrating to, to watch. They held up uh, their end at the end of the game um, to help seal the deal. But this Jaguars roster, man, had no business making this as competitive a game as it was. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not like a fire petting now kind of guy as, as longtime listeners will know, but um, I'm getting real tired of this, man. <laughs> well, you've got a guy starting his second game, a sixth round draft pick rookie quarterback um, who is, Clearly not very mobile, not a real athletic guy. Why would you just sit back in zone coverage all day, even though you have backup corners on both sides? I get that. But why would you just sit back um, in a zone coverage, three and four man rush pretty much all game and, you know, give him the opportunity to to make his reads and, and go through his progressions, get guys after the quarterback and move him off his spot. And you saw that, you know, late in the game when Petten started dialing up a little bit of pressure, it worked and you got two yeah. sacks on the last series. Um, I don't know why that wasn't the the game plan, you know, pretty much all game long. Um, and so that, that was my biggest frustration with the defense today. I just, I, I think I tweeted this out. If I had a dime for every time I saw like on a, like a receiver screen or some kind of a you know, player gets the, the ball in the backfield. If I had a dime for every time I saw a Packers defender right there, ready to make the play and just <laughs> whiff, do that thing where they sort of like do, maybe they like blow right past them. Maybe they get one arm on them and then they just fly past them. I would have a very large collection of dimes um, and uh, it would have grown a lot larger uh, after this game. So frustrating to watch tackling continues to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. And, and we, I think we also need to uh, acknowledge that JK Scott had a really bad day today. too. (laughs) I mean, all they needed was a punt that was not 30 yards and that's not what they got. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, totally out kicking the coverage on the punt return that went for a touchdown, getting, um, 
you know, fully put on skates at the end of that return and then shanking another one, you know, pretty much right at the end of the game. I know, and you know, he's kicking into the wind and had that to deal with, but um, not a, not a great day for the, the baby face punter. <laughs> well, we got Christian Kirksey back. Do you see anything out of him? <laughs> um, I mean, he, he was kind of his steady presence in the middle. I think he, he made a, a nice, couple nice stops and missed a, a tackle or two so yeah. kind of what we've come to to expect from him um yeah i i i don't have a whole lot really to to say positively about a lot of individual players on defense i guess you know some of the edge rushers had their moments i think each of the, the three big guys the two smiths and gary each had a sack um but again two of those came in that last drive yeah. so you know i don't know how much you can really there wasn't a ton of consistent pressure uh, or those guys winning one-on-ones throughout the game. Um, You know, and then Adrian Amos had a nice pick. Um, I thought he, he had, you know, mostly a decent game there, but outside of those guys, Kenny Clark had a good game. I thought Um, he probably got, he got moved around a little bit off the spot um, off the line of scrimmage, but um, he was in on a lot of tackles and, um, you know, did have a couple of couple of nice plays in the run game. So give him a, a little bit of credit. But yeah. Outside of that, um, not a whole lot to, to write home about on defense. Yeah. I mean, I hate to like cut the podcast short, but I just, as you and I were talking about um, just before we hit record, just a frustrating, hard to watch game that they won, I guess. So that's good. But I just like want to get on with my day. I don't know. I'm like mad about this game. Yeah, it, it, and I don't know if it was like the weather where I'm at or or what was going on, but I kind of came into the game thinking, all right, it's it's the Jaguars. Let's just kind of get through it. Um, you know, we'll we'll get to the get to the end of the day, and you know, all these there's all these games on in the late afternoon, and so maybe there'll be some good stuff on then. And I don't know, maybe I got suckered into the same sort of uh, you know mental trap that that the Packers did uh, in the game today too, because it seemed like they were really just um, ready to, to get out there, just get the game over with and, and get out of Dodge. And it's a fortunate thing that coming in with that apparent attitude that they came out with a W. Yeah. Again, eking out, uh, the win here. So the Packers are seven and two, but before we close out, I do want to hit on some, uh, some late breaking news, uh, as we record this, <laughs> I think I hit the, yeah, right. Hit the airwaves, uh, like halftime or something to sort of someone slid it through on Twitter that, Oh, by the way, in the middle of the night, the Packers extended David Bakhtiari, I believe it was a four year extension. I don't know if you have the numbers, uh, at the ready. I do not, but it seems like a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, four years, um, sounding like somewhere in the twenty-two to twenty-three million dollar a year range. Um, oh, that's which little, that should oh. make him the uh, <laughs> the highest paid offensive lineman in the league. Um, seemed like that was a little bit of a sticking point uh, for the team as the negotiations were going on the last couple of weeks. But you know, that's that's obviously a, a big deal. Um, very happy to have him back for the long run. It's just going to be really interesting to see what that does as far as the cap. Yeah. in 2021 um i would imagine that the packers have have done a lot to try to backload that deal yeah um because of the the cap dropping next year with covid this year and, and everything going on there so it'll be interesting to see once we get the the real breakdown of um of what that looks like but um yeah they'll probably try to keep next year's cap hit pretty low and um have it blow up uh over the next couple of years after that 
I saw a couple knee-jerk reactions on, on Twitter. Uh, that's too much money. This is a great move, you know, on all sides. What, what's your knee-jerk reaction? I mean, he's the best pass-blocking lineman in the NFL, and he's the best left tackle in the NFL, and he hasn't turned 30 yet. And really, for the most part, he hasn't had any major injury issues, knock on wood. I mean, he's had a couple things here and there, but nothing – um, you know, nothing to the level of like a Brian Balaga had with multiple ACL tears and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, he deserves top of the market money for him. I'm glad that he got it. I think they had to do it um, because if you let him walk this offseason, you're looking at, you know, do you move Elton Jenkins over to left tackle? Do you put Billy Turner over there? You know, that it causes so many questions. I think this does spell the end for Corey Lindsley and Green Bay after this year. I just don't think that they can afford both of those guys. But, um, yeah, I think it's a move that they had to make. Um, it's it's the right thing to do, I think. And um happy for him that he's, he's able to cash in. And one little weird bit of symmetry. Um, the last time he signed his previous contract extension was before – uh, was during the week before week one of the 2016 season. And who did the Packers play that week? The Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. So fun little go. weird, uh, weird trivia fact. Yeah. A little contract bookend. Uh, does the, does the con, do you think this contract says anything about how the team views the likelihood of Rogers playing out his contract in green Bay or are those two things not connected? I don't really see a, a major connection there. I mean, you, you want to protect your your veteran quarterback just as much as you want to protect your you know, young, new quarterback in, in Jordan Love if they move on. So if anything, you know, that I guess you might argue that it's more important if you get a young guy in there. But yeah. um, no, I, I don't think there's any um, I don't think you can really read anything into it. I mean, he was going to be an important player no matter what. So getting yep. him back is the most important thing regardless. Yep. All right. Well, there's the big news. And then uh, that's a nice little way to sort of put a cap on an otherwise um, frustrating game to talk about. Any other uh, last notes on this game before I let you go? No, just, you know, next week's going to be real interesting in Indy. I think uh, finally getting out of the elements again, playing in the dome. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see. and, And hopefully Alan Lazard is back next week. He should be so. Um, hopefully that'll be able to give the uh, the offense a little bit of another dimension in the passing game. Yep, agree. Hopefully that is what we see. And we will talk to you guys in a couple days. Um, maybe, usually on our midweek podcast, we talk a little bit more about the Sunday game, but maybe we'll try to find something else to talk about. <laughs> Because uh, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be tired of that, but we will uh, catch you guys in a couple days um, for Tex Western. I am Zach Rapport. Follow us at the APC Pod. Subscribe. Give us a rating. All that fun stuff. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Two Schlitz to the win the rapid recap pod again. The Packers twenty four to twenty over the Jaguars. They are now seven and two. Hey, that's not too bad. All right. <laughs>